Hi all, welcome to another episode in the Leading Safely podcast. So this is episode number 28, which means I've been doing this for 28 weeks now, over half a year of listening to my voice. I hope that each of you listening have at least got one useful insight from listening to any of these episodes. Today's episode though is unlike any other. You all know that I'm an avid believer and extremely passionate about health and safety change needing to come from the top down. I strongly believe that unless you have the support of management and executive leaders all the way up to the board, you're pushing initiatives uphill and you will never completely be effective nor successful. So today is a treat for me and I hope it will be for you as well because... A few weeks ago, you heard me speak with Joanne Zaraliakos, the HSC manager for JFE Shoju Power in Canada. Her episode was interesting and a tad controversial with the methods that she mentioned the organisation are utilising from a behavioural safety perspective. She also spoke extremely highly of her senior leadership team and their support, which she stated goes all the way up to the president and CEO of the organisation. For me, given my 16 years of experience, that was a little hard to digest. Exciting to think that it existed, but my past experiences said, how could it actually be true? Well, I'm pleased to say it is. And today you're going to hear from the CEO and president of JFE Shoju Power, Ron Harper. Ron first became a senior company manager at the age of 29. He was 10 to 15 years younger than most of his peers. He held business responsibilities in a technical role and had 35 people report to him at that point. Ron then changed industries at the age of 35 and became operations manager. And six months later, general manager of what is now JFE Shoji Power Canada Incorporated. At the time, it was called Cormag Incorporated. Ron has a mechanical engineering degree and worked as a technical engineer in the early part of his career. He says his early health and safety influence comes from spending 12 years in the chemical industry in those early parts of that career. In Ron's early days in the chemical industry, the Western chemical industry was in a serious state. Following on from the Bofal India catastrophe, where a chemical emissions leak killed and injured tens of thousands of local community residents, the industry needed to take preventative action to avoid a repeat of this horrific accidental release. Chemical industry executives were asking themselves the question of whether a Bofal-like incident could happen in the USA, Europe or other Western countries. The answer came back yes, and the Chemical Industries Responsible Care Program was created by the US Chemical Manufacturers Association. Serious work and action was underway, and Ron basically got into the middle of it. He received an extraordinary amount of training in accident prevention, hazard and operability studies, risk analysis, problem solving and decision making, just to name a few. He also studied human error analysis and undertook many studies and audits and preventative safety work. He was required to teach this to his teams and to the non-chemical industry clients and was then responsible for the safety of many under his care. He learned and and taught the DuPont STOP program for observation and behavioural based safety leadership. The company he worked for went seven years without a lost time incident. JFE Shoji Power Canada, where Ron is CEO and President, is a thin strip electrical steel processing and parts manufacturing company. At the beginning, 
they employed roughly 40 people. It has since grown to 500. When Ron first started with the organisation, safety was barely a fleeting thought and there was roughly one lost time incident every second month. And remember, that was just with 40 people. Within five years and some extremely hard work from all levels of the organisation, the company had their first period where they went two years without any lost time injury. This is one of those episodes that I won't forget. One that speaks directly to my values of leading by example. Not only talking the talk, but walking the walk and demonstrating that the health and safety function is definitely critical to any business, but that it shouldn't be a function at all and more of a philosophy that is embedded in every leader at every level of the organisation, right up to those C-suite executives and board members. So here we go. Here is my chat with Ron Harper, CEO and President of JFE Shoji Power Canada. Hi Ron, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy morning to meet with me all the way from Japan. Hopefully the uh, flight between Canada and Japan wasn't too dramatic for you. Uh, Thanks Georgina. You're welcome. Uh, Now that the week um, before last, we obviously had your HSE manager on the show, Joanne, and she spoke really highly of you and the organisation. So I thought it would be great to get your perspective on things as well. Uh, As you know, I ask all of my special guests the same three questions, and I'm really interested to hear your answers from that C-suite executive kind of mindset. So the first question I have for you is, what do you think makes an effective leader when it comes to health and safety? There's that's a that's a big question and and uh, uh, and, but I think I'll I'll try to filter it down to what I think are the the top priorities with that. First, thank you for having me. I I really enjoy the opportunity to uh, to share uh, my perspective on health and safety, particularly from uh, my senior responsibilities. Uh, I think it's something that uh, uh, can be often forgotten uh, at the uh, at the, the executive level. Um, and and maybe a little over delegated to the operational team and leaders or H and S health and safety professionals, uh, but it's something that's uh, really important to me because I think uh, getting back to your question, I think the most important thing with any leadership responsibility is first and foremost to care for your people, uh, and that is to provide them challenging and fulfilling work, but also a safe work environment that they can. Uh, uh, they can fulfill the responsibilities in the work that you're asking them to do. Uh, that, f- for me, as an effective leader, regardless of your level of responsibility in the organization, that's where it needs to start. If you forget about that, you're you're not going to have the results that you want. But if you combine how you care for your people and uh, have a good business strategy and a good value proposition, that's going to be the best chance of success. But I, I really believe that a company can't thrive and prosper unless its people thrive and prosper. And uh, that starts with uh, with making sure that they're safe and, and you care about them and their families and, and they have a, a positive work experience in life. I like that you've intertwined, I guess, the business requirements like the value proposition along with, you know, the safety requirements as well. Too often we hear about the challenge between production versus safety and and not that joining in that partnership that needs to happen where it becomes business as usual and part of everyone's role, not just, as you mentioned, the health and safety team's, you know, role to conduct within the organisation. I think, I think, I 
So if I can just comment on that, I think that's that's probably one of the most difficult questions that leaders, especially in manufacturing environment, have to deal with. Mm-hmm. Is the I you know a lot of people want to make a, a lot of our operational leaders at at the front line level want us to to make a, a compromise. Please tell me what's most important: uh, production or safety or quality. And I just will not. Uh, accept any compromise on that. It, you need all three. That means you need to work harder on solutions, and that means you need to work harder on finding the right uh, processes and equipment and procedures and path forward. But you can't compromise any of those and 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 have a successful business. But uh, it's to me that all three are critically important, and you can't compromise on any of them, especially on uh, health and safety that you're asking your people to deal with. Yeah, yeah, and actually that leads nicely into the next question about what would be your words of wisdom if someone is dealing with you know people or organisations that don't want to change when it comes to health and safety. I think that uh, as you alluded to be- at the beginning, leadership, commitment, uh, and priority is really important to that uh, to make the necessary investments and and to make sure that. Uh, through the organization, the priorities of the business are, are well understood and that that includes, first and foremost, uh, we need to do our work safely. I think that's a really important part of, 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 of all of that. Uh, but I think that the, the, the challenge that we often deal with is sometimes those pressures of production versus quality versus uh, health and safety are uh, more difficult than some of our frontline leaders can handle. So we need to recognize as more senior leaders when they're struggling with those decisions and 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 uh, help them uh, understand what's the priority, help them work through the problem solving and challenges with that. Because often uh, in the moment, you know, if you're running a 24 seven operation, for example, at uh, 2 a.m., they don't have the support that the rest of the organization may bear on them. and we need to help them make the right decision at that moment in time, even if they feel uh, that uh, or are tempted to, to make a compromise uh, on on safety versus production, for example. Uh, and that's a really critical thing for leaders to at the senior level to to help their frontline team feel supported when it comes to uh, those types of uh, those types of challenges and and those types of pressures. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, that's a a great response and something to consider for those leaders that are frontline, you know, supervisor level dealing with face-to-face employees, especially in those 24-hour operations where you're right, there isn't a team of people that you could call or speak to and you're left to decide there and then, do I, you know, keep production going or do I stop and do this position or, you know, do this job safely? So it's something that's, you know, quite um, close to my heart. And finally, if you could invent something to solve a health and safety issue in the workplace where expenditure and opinions and all that kind of stuff didn't matter, what would you invent and why? Uh, that I thought a lot about that question. There's two, <laughs> okay. so many things that, uh, that I would think about that. Um, I think if I could invent anything and, and maybe I should preface that by saying I'm I'm a, I really believe how people's attitudes and thinking and mindset towards health and safety guides and and informs their decisions. I think that if I could invent a machine, it would be a little, uh, a a little alarm (laughs) that uh, 
if if a if a uh, any one of our team, uh, whether it was regardless of their position responsibilities, one of our operating team, frontline leaders, etc., if they were ever in a position where they were uh, unaware of a hazard or were about to make a decision that would compromise their safety and increase the risk of their uh, their injury that they that that would set a little bit of alarm off at uh, the mm-hmm. important levels of the organization whether that was the health and safety leadership team whether that was the uh, operational leadership team so that they could proactively go in and help uh, make a, a good decision when it came to how to make that work safe or make a hazard aware uh, our our bit so our business today is in a, a thin strip uh, steel processing for uh, uh, electrical equipment products transformer motor cores those types of things and the biggest challenge that our team faces is we have a lot of what I call uh, in acute hazards you can do the same thing a thousand times and never have an injury even though the hazards there uh, but on that a thousandth and first time your hand positions slightly different you're maybe not paying quite as much attention you've lowered your guard for the awareness to the hazard and that's when you get uh you know a cut or a first aid or something like that it's uh-huh. it's 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 being able to recognize when you've gotten closer to a ha- hazard that you've gotten too familiar with so if there was a little alarm that uh, we could uh, tag and and make people's unconscious behaviors conscious especially in those moments uh, I think that would really be helpful for our organization. Hmm, that would be definitely an interesting one from a prevention perspective, that's for sure. That's great. Um, I have a, a random question, which is not tied to those questions. Um, in Australia at the moment, there's a lot of controversy around um, like frequency rates and, and counting numbers, but also incentivizing health and safety metrics. So a lot of organizations will provide a bonus, for example, to their senior leaders if they achieve you know, amount of incidents reduced, amount of injuries reduced, or uh, 60 hazards for the month reported, for example. What's your take on the incentivizing of HSE metrics? Uh, I actually have a very strong opinion on that. Okay. Uh, I, 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 so in terms of, in terms of, um, in terms of, I, I guess, what I would call rewards and recognition, I believe rewards, you know, like the bonuses and things that you talked about, are not a good thing to do uh, when it comes to health and safety. Uh, recognition is a very important, but I, w- I would I would maximize the recognition. And anybody who wishes to invest or 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 put money towards bonuses for health and safety, uh, I would redirect that to all that money to uh, 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 recognition as opposed to rewards because I think that uh, uh, I think that if you reward uh, financially particularly uh, health and safety performance uh, it can distract from what you're really trying to do uh, I think uh, the important responsibility is to care for your people and keep them safe uh, that's 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 kind of the bottom line for me. It, that shouldn't be something that is rewarded or or financially incentivized, especially at the management level. 
if I was going to give any 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 modest uh, reward to anybody, it would be the front line, not the management. Uh, because I think I think that I think that if you if you put too much in the way of of financial rewards, particularly, it leads to the wrong behaviors. What we what as leaders we need to put in place needs to teach and inform our leaders and and and, and operating teams what's important to us and uh, and what we want them to focus on and and uh, uh, I think a financial incentive is is not the direction to go but I would be very supportive of putting as much money as you can uh, uh, afford and then a little extra into uh, recognition uh, programs that uh, provide uh, awareness and recognition and support to uh, uh, good health and safety performance. Hmm, that's fantastic how uh, thinking aligns on that one, but it is a very controversial topic at the moment. So I've, I've definitely seen yeah the the consequences of what can go wrong. Unfortunately, when you when you do put money behind that um, and that lack there's, of care there's, there. It, you you redirect your attention away from caring for the employees to hitting a particular metric, and 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 I think that it it provides an unnecessary temptation to uh, diminish uh, uh, or or even in some cases uh, hide or misreport things, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. and you know, I, there's no need for that temptation to be there. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and obviously you are with um, the organization that Joanne was with and we heard a lot of uh, fantastic kind of you know perspective from her. Um, did you want to perhaps give our listeners what it's like um, to work there and the support I guess that you do provide to your HSE team? Um, we spoke about with Joanne obviously I call them unicorn organizations they're magical beings that don't exactly exist everywhere and it was fantastic to hear about the support not only you provide directly but also your entire management team towards health and safety initiatives so if you could perhaps give us a little overview on what that's like and, and what you do I guess to help the health and safety team you know be supported and feel like they can put initiatives in place sure thank you uh, it, I was very uh, uh, humbled to hear uh, Joanne's uh, unicorn uh, uh, <laughs> rating that I that I guess I got uh, um, uh, I that uh, you know that was very nice to hear and I you know I, I think as I told you before I think very highly of, of Joanne and uh, and and her courage in terms of her work and role and dedication to health and safety and we're very fortunate to have her uh, in the company I think that uh, I think that one of the things that's really important uh, and and it's it's a real challenge for our organization today because the market demand for our products is is absolutely enormous at the moment we faced all kinds of supply chains and supply chain challenges you know we're ha- dealing with an unprecedented number of operational challenges whether it's supply chain uh, workforce uh, related uh, like I think is also the case in in Australia uh, we're facing significant mm-hmm. labor shortages at a mm-hmm. time when we're seeing uh, unprecedented demand for our products. So there is just an enormous amount of 
pressure on our um, on our operation teams for production, and uh, and you know add that to the health challenges of the pandemic. You know this year's this year has actually been our worst year in terms of employee absence because of uh, the health uh, the health of our workforce. We've had unprecedented uh, absence rates due to illness. Uh, uh, since the beginning of the year at different points and uh, and it does put a lot of pressure on our operations team to produce because you know we sell based on the commitments they make and uh, our clients are satisfied if we deliver on our promises or not and and that's been a, for the first time in over 25 years that's been a, a, a bigger struggle this year than it has been in the past so there's lots of pressure on our operations team so it's really important that our operation team at all levels is really clear on the importance of health and safety in the organization, uh, the kind of no compromise uh, approach uh, to accidents and, uh, and, and managing hazards, and that, uh, that when Joanne and her team speak, that uh, all, of the all of the parts of our organization know that she's not just speaking for herself and on behalf of our health and safety team, but she's speaking on behalf of of, of myself and, and our senior team. Because when those other pressures are great, uh, it's, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot of discipline to make sure that you're, uh, you're uh, approaching uh, health and safety with the right level. And our team needs to know that uh, if, if, if we fall short on production or fall short on something, that I'm going to support the work that they've done if they've first and foremost made sure that our people are safe and cared for and, uh, and, and dealt with in a positive way. Uh, because at the end of the day, that priority starts with me. Uh, and uh, and and I'm I'm responsible for the culture of safety in the organization. It starts with me, and it's important that uh, uh, that our safety team uh, is well supported and understood at all levels of the organization. Um, that was quite easy for me uh, in the past when we had when I started with a company over 25 years ago. We had 30 people. We now have over 500, and as as we get a larger as, as my involvement in the day-to-day -day operations and the day-to-day -day work is less as, a, as the organization uh, uh, grows and, and, and uh, faces some of the great opportunities in front of us, uh, I need to make sure that uh, everyone understands the priority uh, and that, uh, that Joanne and her team are well supported as it relates to that. And, you know, I'm in Japan right now for two weeks, so uh, I'm about as far away from day-to-day -day operations as, uh, as, as I can be. And uh, I want to be, uh, I want to feel confident that, that my thinking and my message is, is present in the organization when I'm not there. And that takes, uh, uh, that takes the kind of focal support that comes uh, uh, and can really only come from me. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that. And what kinds of things have you done, um, you know, like tangible things, you know, have you said or done with your team to kind of make sure that message is conveyed? Uh, we have implemented uh, at the early stages of the pandemic a new software communications tool uh, that uh, is, uh, is runs through people's uh, smartphone devices and computers. Uh, okay. it's, it's a little it's a little bit like a 
uh, it's a little bit like a, uh, a, a, a it, it sometimes people call it a social media feed. It, it's structured like <laughs> a, uh, a, it's structured with a feed like uh, like a social media platform, but we don't use it that mm -hmm. way. Uh, and it allows us to put it, it's it's kind of more like a, a an intranet. So it's an internal mm -hmm. company webs web platform yeah. that allows uh, a, a, a chat feature and news feed. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, when we implemented that, and, and really until Joanne started uh, and her team started, um, I was daily doing the safety updates on that platform uh, okay. and making my own and giving my own two cents. I've handed most of that responsibility to uh, Joanne and uh, and 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 her senior leader and their and their team. Uh, uh -huh. But I do uh, I do comment regularly on that and have a couple times this week when I've been in Japan, you know, supporting okay. any of the safe any of the safety messages that are that are on there. Uh, when I'm in the office, I do a um, a safety walk uh, each week in terms of a more formal process, and uh -huh. uh, each day I. I have the opportunity to meet with most of our operating team to uh, uh, to, to support Joanne's message and, and the rest of the team's message on health and safety. And uh, it's it, I, I wish I had more time to, to spend day to day with our operating team because I, I, I really miss that when we were a smaller organization and that yeah. I really enjoyed that part of my work. But um, uh, but I need to pass that responsibility on to other people now. And uh, but I try to uh, through our uh, uh, platform that I made mention to make sure that my uh, expectations and my message and my um, support for health and safety are, are pretty clear. Um, and, and we've just started recruitment's been a big a big issue for us. Recruitment and retention of people has been a big issue this week. And we just started. Uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, a new uh, event, any new people coming in that week, uh, we sit down with them for about uh, 60, 90 minutes. Uh, and I'm part of that to to talk about the, the mindset, the culture and the vision of the company and make sure uh -huh. that people know people know that, uh, you know, they can reach out to uh, to any of their leaders or me at any time uh, to support uh, any of the work. And I uh, I'm pretty clear in them. If you don't feel safe doing something as you start enjoying the company, uh, that's when you need to stop and reach out for the support and and base it on do you feel safe or not. Uh, and and uh, I think that's a really important part. So I try to influence uh, my message uh, as much as uh, I can through the different channels and and time that uh, that uh, I get to spend with our uh, frontline team. And have you had any situations so far where you've had that come to fruition where someone has kind of said, look, I think there's something unsafe and I need to stop the job? Um, not recently. That's not happened. It has happened in the past. Uh, but um, I think that it, it speaks well of, of, of our support team. Uh, and and I, think, I think I've been in the organization long enough that most of our leadership team, even at the frontline level, uh, will know that if if something does find its way to me in terms of that kind of thing, they have a pretty good idea of how I would respond. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so fortunately, it. fortunately, I think I think those any kind of issues like that are dealt with really quickly and 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 well. The challenge can be um, 
the the bigger challenge can be though seeing them ahead of the t ahead of time yeah. uh, and being and being preventive about it as opposed to reactive. Uh, if we have a safety issue or a, a safety um, concern is raised, we react really fast to those kinds of things. Uh, but uh, but where we need to be much better is at uh, is observing people's behaviors, seeing when they're getting too close to a hazard. Uh, like I talked about with acute or non-acute mm -hmm. hazards, and and really have a uh, have a what if preventive mindset as opposed to reacting fast uh, if there's been some sort of uh, near miss or incident. I'd I'd rather reaction be fast when we see the the close call or we see someone getting too close to the hazard. That's that's our biggest challenge is to be able to make those uh, hazards at all times consciously aware and people managing them properly, both at the supervisor and leadership level and at the operating team level. That's that's our biggest challenge at the moment. Yeah, I do think though that kudos and you know like congrats or appreciation should be shown obviously to yourself because I'm not sure that there are many you know executives at your level of you know a 500 plus organization that actually one take time out of their day to sit with new employees but to actually convey that message of the safety culture and the mindset that you want to have it's different having your your supervisor or your your manager say it to you but when you have like the you know most highest person in the organization take time out of their day to say hey one, I'm meeting you at that lower level, but also here's the standard that I'm setting and that the team sets. It kind of, for me, that would change my mindset if that ever, and it's never happened to me in 16 years. I've never had a president of a, you know, a massive organization take time to sit down and say, you know, there's always those corporate videos. I've definitely watched some videos where it's all about, but you, you never get them in person shaking your hand and saying, welcome to the business, but here's mm -hmm. actually the mindset that we want you to have, especially of such a large organization. So it's, it's I think, yeah. yeah. I, 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 no, I appreciate the feedback and, and the, uh, the the kind words. Uh, I, I think that, but I think that speaks to what is important to, uh, yeah. to, to me. Um, and I think especially, uh, that's especially important now uh, for businesses in manufacturing, particularly um, because with the with the labor market the way it is and with and it may not be the same in 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 australia but to uh closer to home where it's been maybe outsourced uh, a lot in the past uh, few decades uh and more and more people are coming into manufacturing with zero manufacturing experience uh, mm -hmm. Since the pandemic, we've we've had many new people come to us from food services, from healthcare, from just about anywhere. Uh, which are and and we need to be very mindful as leaders in in manufacturing businesses. We're not we're bringing in people's health and safety uh, mindset, behaviors, and uh, and and work habits from their previous work, which are. You've just uh, had manufacturing experience and 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 had a basic understanding of what goes on in a manufacturing facility. That's so different today, and and I think that um, that's an important message for us as leaders to understand that we need to 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 uh, help them understand what what's important, 
uh, and uh, and how uh, health and safety is important in, in our business because you know if they've worked in healthcare, it's going to be a different uh, approach or a different uh, uh, set of hazards. The same with food services, etc. And uh, uh, we need to help them feel safe and comfortable in the work environment, not experience, not gain their health and safety experience uh, the hard way. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's just nice to meet people who genuinely care as well. So it's it's great to see from across the thousands of kilometres and the major organisation that you do work for. And I'm sure that you'll continue to do that great work and we'll see that impact that it has on the organisation for as, as long as your tenure is there. I'm sure you know it will remain as great as it has been. So I, I look forward to kind of following on with jo- Joanne and seeing what the organisation, you know, proceeds with uh, the experiential training that's going to be happening as well which is exciting to hear about and again controversial as well Um, but it's always interesting to see the impact it has on the human life I guess and how that changes you know your perspective on things so um, I'm really appreciative of the time you know like that you've taken out of your day to to chat with me and for our listeners to kind of gain those really excellent insights into what it's like to provide support to a health and safety team so thank you so much again for your time oh you're you're very welcome i appreciate uh, that and uh, i'm i'm confident that uh, we'll create some sustainable platform going forward because uh uh i i i i can't uh I, I can't finish the uh, episode without uh, saying that you know I'm really well supported by our JFE organization. Health and safety is a is uh, really important to our executive and uh, and and our entire organization in Japan, and uh, uh, it it, uh, it 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 really makes my job easy in terms of implementing that. I don't have to battle or or uh, deal yeah. with any of that if, if any if anything uh, you know it, it it applies a little bit more health and safety pressure mm-hmm. uh, the expectations yeah. are pretty high and uh, I feel really well supported by our organization so um, I, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today and uh, hopefully uh, the the many people that uh, listen to your podcast uh, will picked up uh, something that they can use in their own uh, health and safety work and you know I really appreciate the opportunity you've given me to, to chat and uh, it's been uh, a, a great opportunity and thank you Georgina. Thanks Ron. Um, the only last thing I'll say is that you're probably going to have an influx of job applications now that you've spoken about how great the organisation is. Um, so if you see any Australian applications for positions, you'll have to make sure you put them to the top of the pile for us. <laughs> I, I I will do that. I have some I have some friends in the Melbourne area that, uh, that have worked in manufacturing for a long time. So. Uh, some of them know me, and uh, and uh, and uh, uh, I think that uh, you know we'd be we have we'd be happy to talk uh, to anybody who's interested <laughs> in uh, being part of our journey, regardless of where they're from. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ron. We'll enjoy okay. the rest of your time in Japan, and I'm sure uh, we will talk to you later on again. Great. Thanks, uh, Georgina. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thanks, Ron. Okay. Take care. Bye bye. Right. Well, there you have it. How awesome was it to hear that executive level insight and learn about those components of providing support, both tangibly as well as in all other regards to the health and safety team. I really enjoyed listening to Ron speak about the decision-making process that leaders often have to go through at times when most corporate teams are in bed asleep, especially in organizations that run 24-7 operations. That is something that most people would not consider. 
The other aspect of our chat that stood out to me was his views on rewards and recognition when speaking about the incentivization of HSE metrics. You all know where I stand on this matter, so to hear his views was brilliant. Rewards are different to recognition, and I agree with recognising a job well done, but not adding a dollar figure to it. Probably my all-time favourite comment from this chat, though, is when Ron makes the statement, then rather pay the bonuses for health and safety to leaders and managers, we should be paying the frontline instead. For me, that's the base level understanding that no matter how big an organisation you work for and no matter how high in the organisational chart you are, at the end of the day, you are nothing without your frontline workers. I hope that you found the conversation with Ron insightful and if nothing else, I hope that it provides you with the proof that such leaders and organisations do exist. Now, for those of you who are connected to me on LinkedIn, you may have seen that I am running a health and safety event in Brisbane. This event is open to anyone across any industry at any level within the organisation and in any role that cares about worker health, safety or environment. The aim of these events is to meet monthly to discuss current themes, trends, incidents, positives, challenges, news, innovations and basically anything in between in a safe and open space. Sharing and collaborating, working collectively to help keep workers safe. The first meeting occurs Monday 5th of December at 5pm Eastern Standard Time and amazingly the in-person component is at a capacity due to an overwhelming response. However, if you would like to join in virtually, you can send me an email and I will forward you all the details to dial in. Email me at leadingsafely at outlook.com. That is leadingsafely at outlook.com. And that brings us to the close of another episode. Until next time, stay safe.